0: And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome
2: to the Fighting on Film podcast. The podcast all about classic and obscure war movies. From the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords, if it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie, of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss, of Historical Firearms and the
3: Armourers Bench. Hello there! Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to let you know that you can now join our supporting cast over on Patreon. As thanks for your support, you'll be able to help us pick films, submit questions for guests, have first pick on brand new and exclusive merch, and much more thank you for your support now back to the show
2: hello welcome back to fighting on film to coincide with the 80th anniversary of operation chastise in 1943 this week we tackle a huge film from that golden age of british war movies it's 1955 the dam busters and to join us we've assembled our own special squadron of two to talk us through this monumental film it's none other than Al murray and james holland gentlemen welcome to the show Thank you very much for inviting us on. Thanks for having us, Skipper. I'm trying to get the lingo. Got <laughs> Right, fix it, Pull me out of the chair if my microphone goes off. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> no, it's fabulous. It's absolutely fabulous to have you with us. Um, for you know, what is probably one of the most well uh, remembered and beloved films from that era. And um, I think it's probably up there with the cruel scene in terms of uh, yeah. Rewatchability, watchability uh, you know, Masters of Crafts yeah. working. So maybe just talking about Masters of Crafts there, we should just quickly go through the production, and I'm on it this week. And chaps, feel free to interject whenever you wish. Um, so the film's directed by Michael Anderson, and he served in the Royal Signals Corps during the Second World War. He met Peter Ustinov during that time, and he cut his teeth as an assistant director with him. He worked on the 1946 film School for Secrets, which deals with the SOE. And after directing the Dumb Busters in 1955, he then directed the uh, 1950, 1950s version of 1984. In 1956, he directed Around the World in 80 Days, which he got a Best Director nomination for the yeah. 1957 Oscars. Um, then in 57, he directed The Yangtze Incident, that also starred Richard Todd. And his other uh, credits include Operation Crossbow in 1965 and Logan's Run. Um, and I think he was the oldest director to ever be nominated for an Oscar. Um, as well in his lifetime. The screenplay was written by in the legendary R.C. Sheriff of Journey's End fame. Yeah. Uh, he got a BAFTA nomination for his Dambusters scripts, and I think um, if he hadn't have written it, I don't think it would be nearly as good, um, because mm, it's, yeah. it's a, something very theatrical about a lot of the movie. Um, we might come up yeah. to that later, um, but it's a fantastic script. Script, obviously based on Paul Brickhill's The Dambusters and Guy Gibson's own Enemy Coaster Head. Uh, it's produced by the Associated British Picture Corporation, Released on May the sixteenth, nineteen fifty-five. Cinematography was by German-born Erwin Hillier, who's a frequent collaborator with Paul and Pressburger um, in the forties. But then he refused to work alongside Jack Cardiff on a matter of life and death, and he left uh, the Paul and Pressburger. So he went to sort of do other wow. projects. Yeah. What was all that um, about? Well, he he didn't want to share credits with Jack Cardiff. He he just did, he thought he was good enough. Um, and it was a mixture of film, know. black and white film, and color film. And I think Powell and Pressburger yeah. wanted bit of sharing because he'd only worked on uh, black and white film yeah Um it's a big thing um but then the special effects cinematography for the Busters was done by gilbert taylor who went on to be the cinematographer um on star wars in 1977 and he definitely stole some shots um, amazing i I know know that that. yeah yeah given that
3: the raid is like um lucas's inspiration or one of them for the death star run that's wild
2: that is wild yeah Mm. Yeah. Uh, but he also uh, was yeah. a cinematographer on Ice Cold in Alex as well. And obviously you have the Dan Busters oh, you know? March. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. All these connections yeah, that we yeah, find yeah. when we start the show. I mean that Eric Coates,
4: that, that Eric Coates March must be the most replayed film, certainly British film mm. um score ever, isn't it? By mm. by a mile. Gotta be that... like top three most recognizable easily. Mm. By a long chalk.
5: And it's in only been filmed twice. Cinema. And Brick Hill was a great escaper as well. He worked. Yes, you know that's yeah. the other thing.
2: Of course, he was. It's
5: incredible. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It yeah. really,
2: really is. Um, and it's all these people coming together who've had these experiences to yeah. make these movies. And it enriches them so much. Um, in terms of filming, uh, began in 1954. Shot on location at RAF Scampton and RAF Hemswell, and it was was used for ground shots as well. Uh, upper Derwent Valley in Derbyshire doubled for the River Valley. Uh, Serving RAF Avro Lancaster crews operated the Lancasters. It utilised five bombers um, that were taken out of stores and four were specially modified for shooting, three of which had appeared in Appointment in London uh, two years previously. Um, The bomb itself was still part of the Secrets Act and it was animated over in stock footage. And the running cost for the bombers was, I mean, it doesn't sound like much now, but in 1955 it was quite a lot of money. It was £130 per hour to keep the Lanks in the sky and it was 10% of the film's overall budget. Um, so it Whoa! wasn't, yeah, not an expense, not a cheap thing to do, <laughs> even in 1955.
4: Oh, wow. Um, oh, no, amazing. Did you get the money's worth. I That's how much a war must
2: have cost, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, and it obviously became the most, it was critically successful. It had become the most successful British movie at the box office in 1955. I couldn't find a budget, but I assume it's made its money back. Um, it was uh, nominated for an Oscar for Best Special Effects um, at the 1956 Oscars, and it lost to the Battle of Toko Rhee, so at least it lost to another aviation film. And it was nominated for three BAFTAs, including Best Picture. Um, so that's a brief rundown of the uh, of the, uh, the production there. And I have a retro review before we go any further. It comes from Variety magazine from 1955, and it's a very brief uh, little segment. For more than 90 minutes, the film is devoted to the planning and preparation and a very absorbing material this proves to be. The reconstruction of the raid and the pounding of the dams is done with graphic realism. The aerial photography is one of the most, um, one of the major technical credits. The production is a personal triumph for Anderson, Redgrave particularly, who gives a very human portrayal of Dr. Barnes-Wallace, the scientist, while Richard Todd makes a distinguished showing as Guy Gibson, the RF commander, a triumph.
3: Wow, really good. I can't really argue
4: with that. I
2: can't mean, really argue with that. Could probably end the show there, really, couldn't we? <laughs> <me? laughs> well, I
0: think it's, well, terrific. Amazing, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's terrific.
4: I think it's terrific. I think it's terrific. <laughs> I mean, got, it's, it's where you put the intonation on. Terrific. The it's intonation in, is, the key is, to is everything. We're told isn't uh, it? Uh, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I still think it really holds up, and I, I do think it's a. I do think it's a terrific film. Uh, and, and interestingly, although the whole process and development of the of the uh, of of Barnes Wallace's creation is completely condensed, inevitably, and full of all sorts of things which are true. Actually, it gets the spirit of it. I think, yeah. um, you know, people people who were involved and deserve credit aren't credited and aren't involved. But overall, it, I, I remembered it being a bit more kind of sort of banging his head against a brick wall of red tape. And and actually, that I think that's that's not not right. And um, this is not actually, quite that right. It doesn't really come across that way.
5: No, because the because the particularly the committee right at the start, there's the awfully fair chairman who says, "Well, you know, he's got a new idea. You can't expect him to." Yeah, uh, I'm sure I read somewhere that a
4: Barnes
3: said later on that he actually didn't face any bureaucracy at all. He, like they just let him go on with it.
4: Well, he, he he definitely did face bureaucracy. He faced lots of people who were dead against it, not least. Um, Bomber, um, Bomber Harris himself, who, who just thought oh, this was an absolutely bonkers idea, you know, I <laughs> which like is completely different in the bit, film. Which is, which, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, it's completely different in the film. Yeah, but, but this is my point. I think it gets the spirit of it. it mm. You know, it, Harris is dead against it, but you you can't have too many, you know, big chiefs at um, in the air ministry. Or a bomber command kind of pitching in because it's a it's a film and it just mm. won't work. It's too confusing. Mm. It's actually Portal who gives it the green light against very much against Bomber Command Bomber Harris's wishes, you know. And, and frankly, the reason Harris is against it is because they've just started the, the, the all-out strategic air campaign against Germany at the beginning of March, and Lancaster's are still incredibly precious. And he just thinks it's going to take up a lot of time, resources, men, um, money, effort for something which doesn't have and that's. Ex- Ref chance of of success, and frankly, uh, I'm incredibly sympathetic to that because when you look mm. at it on paper, it doesn't look like it's going to. It's going a ball that legend.
5: bounces is totally ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, and even though I mean, I think what's wonderful about the movie is you know is that they do have the actual footage of the highball testing. You know, just which is the bomb, bomb for the turpits? It's the navy's thing, really. And apart, I mean, J- Jim touched on it there that Portal gives it approval, but mainly out of inter-service rivalries. Worried the navy are going to are going to triumph with this thing rather than, yeah. or, or, or feel the benefit of this thing rather than the air force. But it is amazing that in the film, it's the actual footage with the with you know, with the sensor sharpie.
2: Yeah. On, on,
4: on it in every yeah, frame right. like that makes
2: a massive difference I I mean, I, and i'm certain time. i'm certain there's a part where it just flickers away and you can see the actual bomb and i wanted to go through frame by frame but i didn't have time so i was like hang on a minute there's the actual bomb In fact, um, it's
3: true they were probably shot for that <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but no it's it, it's fantastic it's great isn't it? And it it gets enough over like what what you need to know as well it doesn't hang about i as a child i always thought that the bit with wallace Testing the bomb took forever because I just wanted to get to the raid, yeah. but on a reappraisal, it's only thirty nine minutes, and it and it rattles yeah. through it at that. Um, yeah, but anyway, Matt, maybe talking about some figures there. We should go rattle through the cast quickly before we go any further. In terms of
3: cast, I'm not going to go into everyone because it's a huge cast. You've got veteran, well known actors, and then you've got newcomers like Patrick McGowan's in there. He's yeah. the chap on the door, at the you know during the the briefing, and he sends the dog away and there's a repercussion to that but i'll just i'll just go into a, a couple of the the cast and i've managed to dig up some opinions from um some of the principal actors as well which is nice to give a bit of color so richard todd we all know richard todd um this is actually his first war movie i think from going through his filmography it looks like this might be his, his first
5: wow yeah um yeah.
3: in 56 he was in d-day 6th of june Fifty-seven, Yangtze Incident, which we mentioned. Um, Danger within in fifty-nine. Long, short, and tall in fifty. In sixty-one, longest day in nineteen sixty-two, where he famously didn't play himself; he played Major Howard. Um, and then Operation Crossbow in nineteen sixty-five. Um, in a two thousand and nine interview, uh, he said he he talked a little bit about the, the work he did to to get into the into the character of Gibson. So he talked to his father, he talked to his widow, his squadron mates. And he he described it as a reasonably accurate performance with certain elements of his character. Perhaps I did suppress alter a little bit. So it's interesting to get a, a, an insight into the, the the effort that he made to to get into a character where he didn't have the the benefit of of Redgrave. He could go and talk to Barnes Wallace. Yeah, famously, mm-hmm. just touching on on Barnes Wallace and, and Michael Redgrave, they got on really well. Apparently, according to um, Redgrave's. Um, memoir um, in Mind's Eye but Anderson's unpublished memoirs recall that the, Wallace's reaction to the casting of, of Redgrave was um, Barnes took one look at Redgrave and said good god you have to be joking you're much too young and much too good looking <laughs> which <laughs> I'm sure Redgrave felt marvellous about <laughs> but um, well, in, in in Redgrave's memoir um. It's very brief. There's literally three mentions of Dan Buster's in, in his whole memoir, which I, I found incredible. And huh. he says, he recalls a conversation with Barnes Wallace, and he says, I'm not going to mimic you, by the way. And, and Wallace says, of course, no, of course. Your problem is not to imitate the person, but to create him, which Redgrave thought was absolutely fascinating because it kind of highlights um, Wallace's scientific brain yeah. and how he thinks about these things. So he's he's realised that actors are analysing characters and and putting their own spin onto them, which I thought was yeah. fascinating. That is interesting. Um, Redgrave, uh, The Lady Vanishes, the Hitchcock movie in nineteen thirty eight, Big Blockade in nineteen forty two, uh, Way to the Stars in forty five, Captive Heart in forty six, about the uh, the Czech uh, pilot that's uh, captured, um, The Quiet American in nineteen fifty eight, uh, The Hill, which we've covered on the on the show. Uh, Here's a telemark. Oh, what a lovely war. Uh, And of course, Battle of Britain. Yeah. Um, In terms of other cast, the cast is huge. And, you know, you run through all the members of the committee, uh, the people at the testing lab. And and, and it's just a a, Mm. a very large cast where everyone has very short little scenes. Uh, But just to pick out a couple of others, you have uh, Ursula Jeans as as Molly Wallace. You've got Patrick Barr as Joseph Mutt Summers, the uh, test pilot. Um, countless others include Robert Shaw, who gets about five seconds of screen time, where he takes off um, his flying
4: hat, uh,
2: flying yep. cap. You have to identify uh, him by in eyes the... in this because he's got his he's got yeah, his breathing yeah. or Well,
4: for he, was his own... still, he was still he he just being a novelist at that stage, wasn't he? Rather than relatively unknown, yeah. Right, got... right Wasn't one of his novels shortlisted for the Booker Prize?
0: I don't know, actually.
4: I think mm. it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. It was one about was set in Africa. Mm. He's he was pretty he's pretty accomplished as well as being a that's that's pretty a, common a, as, as a Look massive at, um, Anthony drunk. Quayle he was a great <laughs> <brilliant> writer <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, uh, George Baker makes a a, a very high yeah. appearance and then I mentioned um, Patrick McGowan at the beginning of Prisoner Fame etc um, and then just one other I wanted to mention before we move on was Frank Phillips the BBC um, announcer and um Makes he re um, reads his original uh, 18th May 1943
2: BBC broadcast. Um, mm. This is London so at the end
4: there.
2: Mm. It's, it's spot on, oh, it really pitch perfect. Is. What do you
4: mm. know? Yeah, well, it's great. we should we should talk about Guy Gibson because the interesting thing about 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 Richard Todd's performance is mm. I think to Barnes Wallace and to um, Cochrane and to various others. That is, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how Gibson would have appeared. Mm. Sort of imperturbable, unflappable, um, radiosa, all that kind of stuff. Um, charming and polite. But as everyone knows, you know, Gibson was an absolute turmoil at this moment. You, you know, he was he was was suffering absolutely from combat fatigue. Yeah. Um, he was in the throes of, of of a spiral of depression, um, was struggling with his nerves, um, had a, a, a terrible bout of gout and was was absolutely all over the place yeah. and the and the difference between how he was openly and what he was internally was absolutely vast but obviously that's something that is just not explored in the in the mm. film at all and that's fine but it'd be interesting you know if peter jackson ever does his movie yeah uh, i suspect there'll be a lot more of that and and i think it'd be more and more interesting for it because what one of the things that makes gibson's performance in the dance raid so interesting and so particularly remarkable is just because he is so completely screwed um and yet he still manages to pull it off whereas richard todd's character is uh, as, as portrayed in the film is much more like kind of, sort of leonard cheshire where he's just absolutely kind of rigidly mm. calm
5: the clips um, on unflappable through all... yeah 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 you know yeah. nothing's
4: going to throw him you know
2: and and, and the reality was very very different yeah. yeah, it's felt a bit more nivenish, sort of di- di- sort of panache type, getting you through the day. Where I kind of wanted a little bit more Jack Hawkins in the Cruel Sea, you wanted this sort of you know real yeah break. Well, but we don't we don't get it. Um, but talking about well, you week, just don't you don't get it. You don't no. You, at no point do you know what Gibson is
4: thinking in the film no, at all. It's no. just it's just superficial the whole way through. It's it's kind of you know he mm. just is as he seems. It's interesting.
2: Couldn't find out, but it, it's interesting whether Sheriff was allowed to explore that, or whether he couldn't for the studio, and uh, who who meddled with his script because you see Journey's End and that's full of broken people. Um, well, so and, and,
5: and, and Enemy Coast Ahead is pretty, which you know which it's also based on apart from the Brick Hill book is pretty, is he's mm. p- pretty frank in that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a contemporaneous memoir, you know, because it's, well, he wrote that straight away, didn't he? And, and yeah, it, yeah. It, it's pretty much truthful. I mean, he was really he was he was like. Uh, uh, probably unfit to fly given
4: given his the state oh, of his definitely. health and yeah. shouldn't mm. have, shouldn't have,
5: shouldn't have gone you know yeah.
4: uh I mean, the mo tells him that doesn't he He yeah, says, yeah, says shouldn't be fine. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: makes it, it all, amazing. More, all more sort of incredible that they do what they do yeah. in these heavy four-engine bombers um
4: yeah yeah so well, and particularly is... what he did that night because he's completely controlling the squadron the whole way yeah. through on on the sort of vhf he you know the, there is a there is a Absolute control from the from the commander in a way that would never happen normally in a bombing mm. raid. So it's a completely different way of doing things. He does it absolutely brilliantly. He oversees the, the, the destruction of the Myrna Dam, then leads the remainder of, of the first wave to the Ada Dam, which is in itself no small achievement. Hangs around for them. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely astonishing what he does. And the fact that he flies over the Myrna Dam like six times or whatever it is. It's incredible. You know, in the face yeah. of fire, is 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 absolutely incredible. In his it's shirt absolutely sleeves, absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. In his shirt sleeves, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Uh, well, I love I, it. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the,
5: in a way, the thing the film lacks, or is slightly missing. Is he's is, is is at the briefing. Gibson says, "Look, we, we can't afford to mess this up because we just have to do it again. So you're going to have to get this yeah. right this yeah. time. And that's the thing in his mind is if we can if we can actually please can we all do a good job yeah because otherwise they'll they'll send us out again next week or something exactly and 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 um that's the I mean it, obviously that I think the, the existence of this film is such a fascinating thing that that, that you know 13 years 12 years later you are making this it's still all super top secret yeah. the bomber offensive the where does the bomber offensive sit in public imagination anyway what do they really think about it and here's a tale of sort of clean cut daring do i it, it, as a as a sort of cultural artifact from 1955 it's such an interesting mm. thing you know it's year before suez so the the shine hasn't gone off everything yet in terms of yep. britain's military status in the world it's you know and you wonder what if you'd made the Dambusters busters 2 years later mm. what the what that film would have been like whether you would have had gibson you know, uh, 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 unsure of what he's doing and whether the you, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, imagine I'm saying, well, 10, ten years later, downstairs. Buster's marching yeah, a, a, oh, yeah. 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 a minor key. Yeah, yeah, minor key, Someone's probably I'm done
2: sure it on somebody. YouTube. Yeah, are, yeah there'll probably. be someone
5: clever it's, person on the internet it, who's done that. Yeah.
2: As I say, I think it's this. it, it is in that golden era. It's it really is. Yeah. It that that special period of British war movies where we're not quite ready to come to terms properly with what's happened. Mm. But in mm. our movies, we're going to damn well celebrate it. You know, the, the closest thing you yeah. get to broken people is is the cruel in Fifty Three. Then the the Hill, possibly Sidney Lumet's film with Sean Connery, um, where you do get people reflecting on their time in the military, reflecting on the things they've yeah. done. But I don't think audiences were quite ready for that. I mean, maybe post Suez, things like that. As Al said, I think maybe they would be. Um,
3: well, I'll it, talk it. i Al, actually, I think it's I think it's incredible that they made a film about something that was still protected by the, the official secrets act. You would never get that now. No, mm. they would never. They would never make it. You know, a studio would go. No, that's. Not, we probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, but, yeah, but then the but then the official secret tax is super bendy in the years
5: follow the war, because after as we all know, ultras ultras is secret until the seventies, um. But you, there are people writing their SOE m- memoirs in nineteen forty-seven. You know, like so, uh, so yeah. the, 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 the 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 rules the rules apply differently and are differently applied. So I mean, it it. it obviously because Br- brick hill has a big hit books with um with uh the great escape and with um uh his bard at the bardo biography i know, reach I for know the sky before off this movie yeah yeah reach for the sky which you know so and it's it is interesting that it, it, like you say it's secret but it's also entirely public. It's yeah. it, it's it's very peculiar. And like you say, I mean, would you would you get a british film about whatever whatever the SAS were doing in Jordan 10 years ago because they were definitely there, you know, yeah, 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 stop mucking yeah, we, about. <laughs> you wouldn't have
2: it. Yeah, it's so, no, you know. Like no. we we not even it ready doesn't to make... There's
4: a massive great secret about upkeep vote by 1950. So I mean, first of all, Jum's captured an, an an intact one on the raid anyway. Yeah. Um it hasn't been used again it's not going to be used again so what's the big secret i mean the whole thing's absurd but yeah. you know i always think it would be absolutely
3: fascinating to see the uncensored recut into the film. Yeah. That would be good.
2: But they don't do it. Yeah. In, the, in the in the 2018 they, re-release they, they didn't do it. One could hope, yeah. Yeah. Which makes me think did they actually like draw over the negative and that's why they can't do it who knows. Um it could have Maybe. happened in the 50s. Yeah. Um, Probably that surprised
5: me. At the Imperial War Museum I have it somewhere. And it, oh, they must cost, do. Yeah. yeah. It, it'll Surely. cost you your house to look at it. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we know about that.
2: Um, anyway, maybe we should uh, quickly move on to the Alley Tally, talk about some things we liked, mm. and then uh, get to our favourite scenes because I'm sure there's plenty.
0: It's time for Alley Tally on Fighting on Films.
2: So, chaps, your favourite things from the film, like in terms of kit, equipment, things on show, anything stood out for you?
5: Well, the the first moment where you hear the three, the Lancasters coming over, where you hear and you hear and see it and it's real. Mm. Um, and I know... You know, it's it's kind of like it, it's a familiar wine now, isn't it? And so, real the real thing so much better than CGI. And you, you, you know, you want to if you want to set someone off, you can set someone off with that as a topic. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely true that that first the first glimpse of them, and then the low flying, you know, the the actual presence of the actual Lancasters is completely mind blowing. And you, I I'm, I saw one. I was at my parents' house the other day, and one went over the garden. Um, and we're sat there having we're sat there having a cup of tea, and and. Uh, it's 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 what my family's like. Someone
2: goes, That's a Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Expect nothing less, Al. Expect nothing. Less. And, and
5: my dad's my dad's too old and lame to sort of run out into the garden like he used to have pointed it. So I I sauntered out and I caught the caught the glimpse of it going away in the, on a clear day and the the colour and the light and the and it and they it looked it looked and sounded as deadly as they do in this film because that's the th- the other thing is that they're they're stealth bombers they're super cutting-edge stealth bombers. They are not antique things for wheeling out at coronations. They mm-hmm. are absolutes. You know, they're the pinnacle of technology at the time. That's what the other thing that's really interesting about the film is it is about a completely cutting-edge moment, that the the, the the technology is, is, is as good as it got at the time. And they're not talking about the oboe in the planes that they did use to pop up and check the positions and stuff. But it's the lengths. I mean, you know, and obviously there's mosquitoes in this, which is sexy too, but it's the
2: lengths for me. 100% I mean yeah and, and you're right about the the sound I mean that the whole raid yeah. for me is 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 a is a masterclass in sound design it's all non-diegetic sound there's no yeah. soundtrack anything the only time you hear you really hear the Dan Busters march is at the start and you have a small reprieve before they go on the raid yeah. and you have it once they've done the raid but that whole sequence is literally Merlin engines flack and radio chatter and it's all you need and yeah. the soundscape is beautiful it's probably it's probably one of the greatest soundscapes in british cinema to date in my opinion um but i do have to quickly mention my my wife has an Ali tally pick this week she's our executive producer so she she can have it one as always she said that mrs wallace's chandeliers are some of the best chandeliers she's ever seen in film so i just had to quickly mention that
0: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: I loved it. Well, it was great. Go. Yeah, she, she always has a different view to the movies than me. She's all those like, oh, they're nice. I wonder what color they were. And I was like, we're just using them for about 20 brilliant. minutes. That's um, <laughs> but the, as I say, like the raid for me is, is to back projection of the guys in the cockpit. It, it still holds up fantastically. You know, mm. the, the cutting out that they've done is top notch. It's not like a cheap B movie quick edit, quick cut job. It's really thoughtful. They don't use too much of it. The tracer still holds up. And it's one of the movies where I really worried when the 2018 Blu ray um, remaster came out. I really worried they were going to mess with it. And alter it and change it, but they really, really yeah. didn't. It just makes it so pops so much more um, and yes. crisp, yeah. The, the and even like the miniatures of the of the, the the dam and the blowing up the dams and things like that, fantastic. And I've got to mention quickly that I don't know what people think about the explosions because people say they look a bit yeah. rubbish, but I've yeah. thought about it lately, and they re- they superimpose water on the explosion. And when I was yeah. a kid, I was like, well, that's weird. Explosions don't look like that. But I think it's a theatrical choice, a design choice, where you're showing the power of the water that you're going to unleash. I don't know if anyone's yeah. ever thought about that. But that's just, mm. just sprung to my mind lately. Um, but no, as I say... I mean, it looks pretty good, to be honest. It does. I mean, the yeah. thing I love,
4: like, I love about it so much is seeing all the real things. You know, for whether it be the Lancasters, but also the 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 the, the testing labs.
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: The water labs at, at, um, in Twickenham. And... You know the places that are are real, and the fact that it's Scampton—you know, it's all filmed at Scampton—and it's only kind of ten years after the the war, so there's a kind of sort of verisimilitude—is that the right word? Yeah. Um, To the whole thing, which I, which I, I I think is just fantastic. It's just—it's fascinating as a piece of history, as well as the knowledge that you know, as a large part of it, they're getting it absolutely spot on because it's filmed in the right places. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd agree with that completely. It's all the better for it. You know, and that's why it's such a tragedy. And well, to well and in a way, truth.
5: I mean, Todd offers that very similar, similar to you, doesn't he? I mean, he's not 24. It's obvious in the film that he's not, that he's too old. No. But he's at least experienced leadership in combat. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, if the if the buildings are 10 years too old, then I'm all right with the actors being 10 years too old because they've experienced, they're of the same... Yeah, point. That's, that's the point. The, the, Time adjacent to the events, it'll do. Yeah. It, 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 in fact, it'll more than do. It's why the film works so well. I feel, and Todd, Todd, Todd is, you know, he was a captain in Seven Para, wasn't he? He's he's bringing his experience of leading men in tough spots mm. with him. And yeah.
3: in that in know. that two thousand and nine interview, he t- he actually talks about that, and he talks about how, what having a cast, which the majority of which was serving personnel during the war and after. Yeah what that brings to the film. And we've talked about this on the show before that generation of actors Mm. gave a weight. They knew what the, Mm. what the bearing of an officer of an NCO of, of, you know, a ranker should be. They, they brought that out. Um, and as for Scampton in that interview, he says it it was intact as it had been during the raid, the grave of the dog, whose name should be left unmentioned quote from Todd is still there. (laughs) And he talks about, you know, the, the, the um the weight that that added to making the film yeah and he felt that personally which i i thought was was really interesting that's
5: you know, that is
3: really good that, yeah
5: i mean i the, the uh if they do if they do if, i mean if there is this remake which is sort of one of the elephants in the room with the damn busters really now um you don't the, the the because peter jackson's used to cgi i'm gonna stick my neck out here Yep. In King Kong that dated pretty quickly and you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't watch that now and go it's like the dinosaurs are really there you'd think it's like it's like
2: what's it's 2005 a video game? like 2005 animation
5: yeah 2005 animation and uh, you know obviously the advantage this film has is that though you know those Lancasters are really there and they're real and the and they're in the places they would have been in. You know, so how you how actually you would if you were remaking how you'd recapture that feeling because it's the feeling
4: in the film mm. of the planes being real that makes the the film. But he's built models. He's built models. Yeah, Very well, big ones. Yeah, he's built some life some scale ones and also um, some smaller ones. So I think that that that's the plan is is yeah, CGI. Yes, but probably be a uh, mix.
5: Yeah, I suppose masters, yeah, I mean, of be, yeah. masters of the air will be masters of the air will be the thing that throws the gauntlet down on this on on any. Any aviation project, I think it will. Yeah. Any,
2: any studio yeah, that's can't gonna wait. that is going to literally be like, Yeah, you know, how's Master of the Air yeah. done? Yeah, they'll be is looking there at it closely enough. Scope, mm. yeah, because the crew yeah. they got, you know, yeah. Stephen Fry was going to write the script, I think, at one point. And if he's still attached. Yeah, but Stephen Fry has written the script, oh, he's written it, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so it, yeah. I mean, it's got enough people behind it. We'll wait and see. Well, on you, were
4: cons- you were consulting, on it, weren't you, Jim? Yeah, I'm the I'm the, I'm the historical consultant on it, and they they bought bought the rights to my book and everything. I I I'd
2: heard that, I didn't know if it was true. Live, I, in hope, yeah. live in hope, live in hope. Oh uh, yeah, yeah we course. all do. I think we all do. I mean, any any big budget war film is good for the genre and British film anyway. Um, so maybe we should before move to... before we Sorry.
3: move on, Rob. I think I just want to jump off on something else there that you know CGI dates it, and I think it's super interesting that they made in 19. 19- in the 50s, when they made this film, they made the conscious choice to make, to make it in black and white. That was the choice. They decided to do that. That was the artistic mm. choice. And it, that's probably lent to its, you know, timelessness. Yeah. Because black and white has that quality to it that I think that. that does lead to timelessness. Also, well, yeah, also,
5: it also feeds into that feeling that the Second World War is is black and white. Yeah. And good guys, no yeah. bad Correct. guys. Um, you know, the, 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 you, you, you can paint emotional colours... Um, Sort of uh, more straightforwardly, perhaps in black and mm. white than you than you than you can in colour. And I think, y- y- obviously, I mean, maybe they're maybe it's because they're trying to work around the existing footage or something. Could be. Wishy. We're, we're shown we're shown enough times in the film that they're watching that on film that yeah. you could find a way around it. He do, yeah. he doesn't have to go to reculver. He can watch the watch the film but i mean maybe that's the thing that drove that decision but it you're right it makes it appear timeless because after all all the real footage you've ever seen is in black and white so it
2: so it sits in that context very true
5: and and it
2: holds up to restoration a lot better and i think personally film stock of that era gives it such more depth to a movie anyway um but it no it really does and 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 it's when you think of british war movies you think of black and white i think anyway So, favourite scenes, chaps, and there'll be a lot, um, but I'll I'll kick off. And for me, it's a film about letters. Uh, you know, the script is about letters. So, my one of my favourite scenes is the, is the farmer writing his letter to the RAF to complain about the Lancasters going over, and he says every time one of these Lancasters fly over, my chickens lay premature eggs, and I, I it just makes me chuckle every time because I'm I think like it's
3: he- the war effort.
2: Yeah, exactly. Doesn't care about anything else other than his his farming. But it's great because and it shows he's trying to do his bit for the country by farming and you know, helping with produce and things like that. It, it's a lot of a, it enriches the film for me. But I love that it's the angry old farmer just supping his bitter, writing a writing a bitter letter to the RAF. It's funny
4: um, with his with his funny old accent.
2: Yeah, it is a bit dodgy, isn't it? Yeah, and then you have obviously guy guy. Guy's uh, last line to Wallace. So he says, You've heard a worse night than any of us. Why don't you find the doctor and ask one of his sleeping pills? And uh, Wallace is, is drawing his eyes and he says, Aren't you going to turn in, Gibby? Uh, Todd gives probably one of the greatest deliveries of his entire career. No, I have to write some letters first. And he walks off to his office. And it's quite possibly one of the greatest pieces of scripting and direction and delivery in British cinema for me. Because it's just so stoic. It's perfectly written. I think it's the thing about I said about this at the start, if R. C. Sheriff doesn't write this, it's a completely different movie. It has a completely different feel. There's just something about having a theater, mainly theater and playwright doing this over a screen director or like an American script writer at that time. It's just something about everything coming together in that last moment. And you don't forget the men that have just been lost. They do, they have a mention that they are remembered they're not just written out and forgotten like a lot of war movies do um yeah it's it's on par with those emotional hits of the cruel sea i always mention it but it is is on par with that and it's just what a way to end a movie it makes you think it makes you remember it does all it needs to do yeah but yeah yeah yes and it uh, it
5: it because it, uh, it's a it, i mean it's a great like you said it's a great coup de theater isn't it because because you could watch this purely as an adventure film if you wanted um, uh, yeah. a, a, an exciting, a, an exciting adventure film. And, and it's as if it's as if they, it's almost as if the whole film has been written for that line. Yeah. In a way that, that Sheriff wrote, wrote the whole film backwards. Mm. Um, Definitely. You, could, You, you know, the, 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 all right, I'll pull the rug from under you now. You know, that was, yes, that was tremendous fun, but, and mm. then uh, because, because also when, you know, when hot good goes down, when, uh, uh, at the at the Mona Dam, Gibson is sort of like, you know, has a look on his face. Oh, bugger! But that's yeah. about it. Um, and
0: uh, that's
5: how the that's how the losses are sort of treated with kind of an eye roll or exasperation at most. There's no one going oh, there's no there's no emoting of any kind in, in those sequences because uh, and that's really interesting. Uh, you know, you like you said, Jim, if you made this film ten years later. That, would there be someone going, War is hell in the you know in the bowels of the yeah, Lancaster. Of it would be. Yeah, possibly yeah. 1970s film, um, definitely one of the one of the crew will be going, why, why are we doing this? People be why, weird. Why, <laughs> why, why? This, well this war yeah. never ends. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know <laughs>
4: just think and, uh, of all the people we've killed. <laughs> yeah, Curse exactly. you,
2: Harris, you blagger,
4: you know. Yeah, exactly.
5: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Um uh, but 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 the but the well, in the, the '90s Steven Spielberg version, there'd be a slowly fluttering flag and a bugle sounding at some oh, point. Yeah, yeah there <laughs> would be. Yeah, a sort way. of, you know,
4: after but, Aaron Copland.
5: <laughs> but it is, it is that, it is that moment. At the, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a perfectly written line, perfectly directed, perfectly delivered, and and you know lands the, hits the, hit lands the film <laughs> or hits the target as sure as the as the upkeep's do. Mm. You know it. it um, uh, uh, you know, it's as if they're skipping along the water for the duration of the film, and so that analogy
4: has run wildly out. Of no, control. it
2: works. It hundred percent works.
4: Well, I've yeah. got to say, the, it's the murder dam scene for me. I, just the whole that whole sequence is just the entire race From you know, from the cockpit to the looking across the lake to the eruption, I, I, the whole of that scene is just totally brilliant. It mm. really is. It's it's still very very exciting, mm. even though it's in black and white. Even though it's kind of Creaking a bit, but it's still really. I think that's absolutely tops.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it holds up fantastically well. Matt, what's your any favourite scenes from you?
3: Oh yeah, I mean I've got a few. I mean, we forgot to mention it in the alley, Sally, but there is that. Um, I I I was told it was a Canberra, but it apparently Roberts of because. Um,
2: oh, yeah
3: past the in in the far background on uh, out. Oh, really? what it is, it is
2: yeah someone on, so, one of our yeah. followers on twitter told us that when when they get when they're preparing for the raid um and they're just about to get in their uh, their, their vans and go over to the the, the lancasters yeah. i think there's a it's one of the aircraft they used to film and it's parked up like right in the right. back hmm. shot and it's blinking you'll right, right. miss its stuff but it's definitely noticeably
3: silver-skinned 50s yeah, jet-powered yeah. that sort
2: of yeah but
5: there's some lincolns so, in the background as well aren't there that they used lincolns so. on, on the airstrip um mm. uh to sort of fill in for lancasters
2: uh, yeah i don't yeah. know yeah. that much
5: but i hadn't noticed that i hadn't seen that it might I, be I it might that.
2: be it might be one of those to be fair i can't remember I exactly watch it. what it is I have to watch it again, watch it again. No, it's definitely again. smaller than a lincoln <laughs> i
3: know right
2: <laughs> um
3: but yeah that, that's one of my favorite scenes i because i i love the way that the the, the the preamble to the raid, you know, it builds that tension. You, you've you got all the guys going to breakfast. You have that little bit of joke with the, you know, the pay the pay clerk tries to get, a, you know, a bacon and egg. You know, I'm, I'm, are you flying tonight? Say so yeah. saying, like, no, you know that I pay you every Thursday or, you know, whatever the line is. Um, yeah. And that's such a, a small inclusion, just to throw a little bit of humor into this extremely tense buildup because yeah. you've got Redgrave's Wallace being so tense <clears throat> um and and you see the tension on 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 all the 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 crew's faces the shaving he's decided to put a shirt on clean shirt you know they the the way they pan across the bedrooms and the way that is um mirrored at the end where they they have that brilliant sequence of the silent um price of the raid sequence where they show the empty quarters you know they pan over the, the chap's travel clock and his you know the shaving foam and 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 that and it, it it's very powerful and and it's it's a it's a technique used before you know it's it's used in um um this is the glory at the end where they pan across the nissen hut yeah yeah um with the empty beds um and countless other films but it's very very powerful and the fact that there's no score they could have put dan buster's march over that and that would have you know been you know acceptable but it, it's silence and i think that adds a lot of weight to it and I, I really do enjoy that. And James mentioned earlier the um, the scenes at Teddington where they're, they're bouncing the the uh, snooker ball. I think it is. It looks yeah. like it anyway um, down that tank, and that's just such a beautiful shot. Yeah. Um, down the full length of that tank, the, the the framing of that in terms of cinematography is gorgeous. Mm. Uh, I really love that.
2: It's brilliant. The, and well, the yeah, they're groups, my right? favourites. Mm. It is. It's the the cinematography is is top notch. Even I love the shot of when. He's sitting with the committee and it goes up the table. It was a fantastic dolly shot. Really, really gets the Mm. the weight of what Wallace is trying to put over to these people and the amount of people he has to talk to. I I really enjoy that scene. Um, So maybe we should uh, mosey into final thoughts like we do. And I'll I'll kick off again um, quickly. So for me, it's a film of like almost three movies. You've got a biopic of Wallace and Gibson in a sense, 've got very very yep. good action sequence that you know could be pulled out of like a point in London it does that great thing that these movies of that time do they don't they don't waste their money on like a mid sequence like action battle or something they save no. their best bit for the second half and they make you wait for it and it's really worth it and it is it's yeah. what it's a rewarding film to watch because it sets you up perfectly it's a real good ramp up and it knows what it's doing um, it's a testament to that golden era of British war movies, it's up there with the cool seats it's, it's got to be in your top 5, top 10 um, I know what, on the TikTok I say it's one of the uh, one of the war movies to watch before you die um, it's timeless, and it's it's just a film about drive and determination at, at it's core for me um, and it's just, it's just one of, a fantastic movie I don't know how you could hate it I don't yeah. know how you could dislike it
3: yeah it has a special uh, place in Zeitgeist for sure you touched on it at the
5: start. There would be no Star Wars. There wouldn't be no wankers calling themselves Jedi on census forms. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't for the Dambusters, there wasn't don't for come this Come after film. me, Al.
3: Like you know, yeah. I, I could put one I like on those <laughs> forms.
5: <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's that. It's that. You know. And the one thing Gibson doesn't use is the Force. He does it himself. Yeah, <laughs> they do it themselves. They don't. They don't rely on some. They don't rely on some ghost ghostly hand to guide them into the impossible you know uh uh, uh shot it, it's it, it I, I agree with you i don't know how you couldn't like it i don't know how you couldn't find it gripping mm. and, and a mod, the modern version would probably start i don't know you, you'd see them in action you'd see them doing something you'd see some planes mm. it wouldn't start with it wouldn't start with barnes wallace in his garden with his children and i think no. that you know that it's quite interesting to see a, a, a British war movie with this, with the sort of representation of civilian life as much as anything yeah. else. The bombers True. going overhead, the bombers stream going overhead. You know, and uh, they're not in any danger as such, but they they're aware of what's going on and the sacrifice and the commitment. I think, and it's 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 got it, and it's sheriff really. It's all these deft touches, as well as I mean, it's a proper funny moments too. You know, yeah. would would you say you need a Wellington bomber? For, you say you need a welding bomb for, well, for test drops. You know what possible argument could I push for? Hey, you told him I designed it. Do you think that might help? I mean, it, great Which it, yeah. is almost camp. That moment. It's, yeah. Th- th- it's a moment that borders on camp. But yeah, without this film, there's a whole there's a whole on set a, 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 a whole next generation. You know, Star-, Star Wars is only twenty years later. Actually, think mm. about it. Um, there's a whole other generation of movies that wouldn't happen. You know, Luke Skywalker. It's nothing without Guy Gibson. It doesn't exist. Han solo is nothing without, you know, Dingy Young or whatever. I mean, True. I think...
1: dingy.
2: The other thing about it, it's not dingy, it's dingy. Dingy. Yeah. Dingy. Yeah. My mum and dad were arguing about dinghy that when we watched it together. That's amazing. Now Jim, James Bond really? and Al Murray are doing the exact same. I mean fantastic.
4: I, I um <clears throat> I, you know, it's, it's obviously it's 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 a it's a piece of history and and it is absolutely rooted in the time in which it's filmed and there's lots of nods to it which which you know absolutely mark it and that not least is black and whiteness and and yeah. the kind of sort of dodgy special effects and all the rest of it compared to what we've got now and yet it's and yet it's also completely timeless yeah and it does completely hold up and i think one of the things that that's really struck me about revisiting it is is it's nothing like as triumphalist as i kind of thought it was no in my memory yeah. it's actually mm. much more uh, wistful uh, particularly that ending, and I, I I totally agree with you that the ending is is absolutely superb. But it's a it's a really good good bit. The kind of sort of singing, sort of walking off down the down the down the road in Scampton. Um, it's 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 a superb film. It re, it really is. It really does hold up. And and you know I, it it's it's also a lesson in how to construct a story. You know, as, as you're pointing out. Al, mm. A modern-day version would have much more action, right from the word get, be much yeah. more wham-bam. And there is this sort of impatience, isn't there? Yeah. I always prefer TV programmes today and films today, which are a bit more languid, which are a bit more kind of, sort of ponder. you know, just sort of let them breathe a little bit and and develop the character and develop your setting and your ambience and what you're trying to do. But that's a question of confidence, isn't it? Rather than, than just sort of wham, bam every two seconds, you know, where you come out of a headache.
5: That's a question of creative confidence. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if your fans are better called Saul, but, but the the fact that they'll have an Mm. episode where a man takes a car apart and then puts it back together, shot in shot on time-lapse. And that scene (coughs) lasts, I don't know, 10 minutes. Mm. Um and they 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 want you to see what he's like and they want you to, they they have the confidence that you're interested and in, the confidence you've the patience and the and the and the ability to wait for the payoff. And after all, the raid is about the payoff. So yeah. if you interfere with that um <clears throat> in the pacing of the film, you 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 know you undermine how incredible it is. You know, if you had if you did have Gibson sort of Doing some daring thing, and, and you, you just you can feel
2: it, can't you? you can feel. Yeah, what they could
3: them. have showed his last sortie, couldn't they? You know, yeah, if yeah. They wanted to include yeah. a bit of you know action. No,
2: I think no, they that's would. Terrific. It's, it's a good um, film. No, Pretty it good is. Good and I think it's as well they're talking about a remake. If they did it, it's a different era of cinema as well. People don't hold movies like they used to. Um, you know, you've got a completely different younger audience and how they consume cinema. I'm, I'm not sure it would work, but I think if. It done right, it might, but then who knows? It's one of those things. It's an the audience. younger audience would be saying, Why have they ripped off Star Wars?
5: True, they that's might. We, a a <laughs> yeah. modern audience would be going, This is shameless.
2: Yeah. This is yeah, outrageous. Yeah. And you know,
5: <laughs> um uh, 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 and what where's the force, you know, in all this yeah. balls? you can have R2D2 I mean, operating a
2: rear <laughs> turret,
5: and that'd be quite fun to see. Um well, R2D2 is sort of like H2S, you know, it's a dome that sticks out at the top. It's it's rather than at yeah. the bottom, it's, 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 like, gonna, it's probably what um, he's
2: probably what he's it's based a total turret, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Um, I think touching on you know what, what it is culturally for you know British audiences, I think it, 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 we have to go back to when the film came out. So it was the most successful film at the British box office that year. Not only that, the score was a top 20 single,
2: really. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that.
3: So, it, it, wow. yeah, how often does that happen?
2: No, so, really?
3: there is a you know a palpable basis to this cultural zeitgeist within you know the british psyche that this film has you know it's it's in like there's there's beer adverts where they bounce a keg yeah the calling
2: one
3: yeah yeah the calling one it's very much within you know the the memory of the war and it's I, i find all that extremely fascinating but we've we've talked about that already so i won't go further but i will note that the, the 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 first todd maneuver hands on hips occurs at 38 minutes 32 seconds
5: Fab. <laughs> i was like Tangue.
3: um and yeah, the only other thing i i um i really want to you know mention is the amount of laws that barnes wallace breaks in that first opening sequence so not only does he break the blackout he, he, he leaves the you know the the uh the porch door open for the the um the the germans that are flying over and um <laughs> he then divulges the entire plant to the to the local gp um, which I yeah, he was we're talking about
2: like this to be lost night nice, very very
3: you. leaky isn't he he's extremely yeah. leaky <laughs>
2: yeah. they have these
3: dams in well, no, about very, you know they're and right. they make a fabulous target and then he shows him like a diagram of how the bomb would work and they have these they have these torpedo nets and we can't drop a <laughs> torpedo and he's like oh okay
0: well, I hope, that, I hope that GP doesn't talk to anyone.
3: Loose lips, you know. Um, like, blow do, downs, take, it, steady,
4: do, do stay, take a steady, do take yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> Don't, don't suffer candle, from, don't, don't suffer from nervous exhaustion. Yes. Just
2: please. don't.
3: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the yes, point, which that I hadn't thought. already considered,
4: but yeah, you're spot on.
2: Yeah, I th- I, yeah, it
3: works perfectly as a you know theatrical device and you know narrative and uh, introducing the concept and and everything. I think it works perfectly fine, but it did make me laugh. Um It's good, <laughs> but you know when you combine the, the the cinematography, that score, the performances, it it makes it an all time classic. You know, and yeah. it, I think it's in most people's. You know, whenever you read those top ten war movies, you know it's it's always in the top ten somewhere, isn't it?
2: It's Probably. always there. I'm writing a top five war movie article at the moment. I'm trying my best not to include it, but I just can't, you know?
0: <laughs> it's like, I'm just like, oh, I've
2: got to get an RAF film in there. Oh, it has, it's got to have to be like uh, the, the damn busters. So, I mean, chaps, I mean, it's been fantastic talking with you. Um If you're not a fan of uh, the We Have Ways podcast. If you listen to the show, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but please go and listen to it. It's fabulous. Do go and read James's book about operation chastise um, because, you know, if someone's going to buy the rights to it to make a film, it's probably more than worth your time to read. Um, so, um, thanks for joining us, chaps, as always.
3: Yes, it's been marvellous. Well, thank you. Thank you very An very absolute great. pleasure.
2: Gonna It's to sir. Yes. <laughs> amazing. Uh, don't forget to uh, uh, visit our website, finalfilm.com where you can find the complete back uh, catalogue of the show leave us a review on whatever you're listening on and we'll catch you next week guys thanks for listening cheers bye cheers everyone
1: Selling a little or a lot